Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories, uh, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm going to turn over to Christine for the second half of the show. Thank you, Laura. I am here today with Neil O'Stike. Neil is the executive director of the Neonatal Trust, and we're having a really timely conversation this week because Saturday is World Prematurity Day. So let's just kick off by asking Neil, what is World Prematurity Day all about? Why do we need it and why does it matter? Kia ora, Christine. Um, I guess World Prematurity Day is a day to acknowledge and um, not celebrate, but to acknowledge the the 15 million babies that are born premature around the world every year. Um, it's 5,000 in New Zealand as a whole. 5,000 in New Zealand as a whole. And what about in Wellington? What are the stats like here? Um, it's one in 10 babies are born premature, and the technical def- definition is uh, below 37 weeks. So you can just be a few weeks and be deemed as premature, all the way up to 17 weeks early, which is right on the uh, the edge Mm-hmm. So in um, Wellington each year, that would mean roughly how many babies? So there's a 1,000 babies plus go through the Wellington Neonatal Intensive Care Unit and 400 babies through the Hutt Valley Special Care Baby Unit. Um, but for the Wellington unit, not all of those babies will be from the local area. Um, mm-hmm. The more uh, sensitive um, journeys are helicoptered in or planed in um, from around the regions to get the very best care. What's the reason they're brought into Wellington? What is it that we've got here that the other regions don't have? Um, Part of it's Wellington's expertise and part of it's just the model. So um, in New Zealand, the five main centres have neonatal intensive care units and they can care for babies um, from 23 weeks gestation onwards. Mm -hmm. In the regional cities, they can only care for babies um, 30 weeks and above, so 10 weeks early. And that's just a reflection of the specialist equipment, the um, more experienced doctors and nurses that are in the regions and making sure the babies have the access to the the appropriate care. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, What's the journey like for a family that's going through um, the premature birth experience? mm, I'm imagining it's something quite gruelling. Yeah, um, very much so. Uh, the journeys are full of stress and unknowns. Um, at the very extreme end, um, for example, a 24-weeker who's born 16 weeks early, um, the parents can expect not to get their baby home for over 100 days. Um, you know, you can imagine the disruption that causes. Um, one of the parents may or may not have to go back to work. Um, they could be in a, in a different city. I was in the NICU in Wellington um, taking some photos for some researchers and I was talking to a couple from Hawke's Bay who had a baby born very early and the husband had to go back and go back to work. Um, so the wife was stuck in Wellington with a very premature baby that she couldn't yet hold. So um, the stresses can be um, pretty extreme. How long might it be for a family before they can hold that baby? Uh, varies greatly. Um, some of the journeys are actually only uh, 24th, 48 hours long in an neonatal unit just to get a little bit of support so the baby's well enough to go home. Um, but infection control's quite um, uh, careful in the unit and um, at the very early end of neonatal journeys, um, the babies have yet to develop an immune system, have yet to develop um, thick enough skin and they need to be in the incubator and, and unfortunately can't be held by their parents. Mm. What kind of support is available for those families? Uh, a range of support, um, 
I guess the, the key thing to make clear is that New Zealand has an absolute world-class um, neonatal care system. We've pioneered a lot of research um, for a number of decades, and we lead the world in terms of the statistics of babies saved. Um, as I mentioned, we can save babies 16 weeks early. A number of other countries, unfortunately, wouldn't even try. Just they don't have the expertise, they don't have the equipment available to them. Um, what was the second part of your question, Christine? The support that those families oh, yeah. need. Um, it's varied. So, um, for example, the Hawke's Bay couple that I was talking about, the mum was staying at Ronald McDonald House. Because she's out of the area, um, the, the wonderful people at Ronald McDonald House put her up to be across the road from her baby and to be, to be able to make that journey that little bit easier for them. Um, there's various other support groups in terms of um, postnatal depression. Mm. Um, you've got wonderful baking groups like... Um, the good, good Bitches. Good Bitches Baking, indeed, yeah. and, and Bellyful and those sides. sorts of groups mm -hmm. as well that can support. Um, and the, the government does a good job um, in terms of the, the social welfare requirements that are available to them. It just might be a timing issue when they can actually claim those funds back. Mm. So why do we need something like World Prematurity Day? Families are getting supported, their needs being met. What, else, what, what do we need the profile and the conversation to focus on? I guess raising awareness is a key thing. Um, people don't realise until it happens to them or happens to someone close to them. So it's really key to bring attention to what is a pretty significant patient group. So 5,000 babies per year in New Zealand going through a neonatal journey. Um, and on top of awareness, I guess the awareness drives the research and drives the care as well. So using it as a platform, we can help these families more. Mm. It was interesting um, that you mentioned before uh, the associations with things like um, anxiety and depression. Can you talk about the, the consequences for families of going through this journey and do they uh, experience more hardship, more stress than an average birth, if there's an average birth? Yeah, absolutely they do. Um, the figures are hard to track down just in terms of the actual um, percentages, but worldwide um, you are roughly 40% more likely to experience depression mm. and anxiety if you've had a neonatal journey. And that's just a manifestation of the stress that the parents go through um, with their baby in an incubator or, or in a hospital cot as well. Yeah. Um, truly stressful times, and it doesn't end when they get their baby home. We've got babies going home on oxygen, being tube-fed, and requiring additional special care for a number of weeks and months beyond going home. Mm. And that stress catches up on them, um, not to mention the sleep deprivation and the other things that normal parents go through. Yeah. In your organisation, the Neonatal Trust, what kind of uh, additional support or how are you driving the support uh, that's needed by those families? In a range of different ways. We've, we've talked about re research just briefly. Um, one of our three core objectives is to fund neonatal research, and I guess by doing so we can help the future journeys of thousands of babies. So um, Wellington is actually pioneering some excellent research into the area, and we're really proud to support them with um, direct funds from ourselves, um, funds raised in conjunction with partners. Um, for example, I was lucky enough to be in Taupo a few weeks ago at a charity golf tournament where the wonderful New Zealand Financial Markets Association and NZX uh, put on a golf tournament, mm -hmm. enabled us to raise funds, and a portion of those funds are actually directly supporting neonatal research. I know you've done some events in Wellington as well. I remember last year a garden tour. Are there other um, things like that coming up for you again over the next few months? Oh, that's a wonderful segue. 
Uh, in March next year, we will be um, conducting the home and garden tour in the Seatoon area, and it'll be a wonderful fundraiser for us. We'll get um, sort of five or 600 people purchasing tickets, getting to see some beautiful homes and art and, and the like, um, and at the same time getting to support a charity that's um, dear to many people. And getting to see some really cool homes and gardens. Really cool homes and gardens. Mm. Um, unbelievable. How many homes are open for people to look through for that? Uh, last year, we, or the last time we held it in October 2017, we had 10 homes mm-hmm. and it was just about the right number. And how many tickets do you have and how much do you hope to raise from it? Um, we're aiming for about 600 tickets mm-hmm. and we'll, depending on ticket pricing and what we can get support with catering, etc., it'll be a $30,000, $40,000 fundraiser for us, which is just incredible and we That's can do massive. lots of good with that. Mm. Great. I'm assuming tickets aren't available for that yet. No, no, we've people... got the save the date ah, out. Um, okay. It is in March next year. I'm just going to confirm the exact date very shortly, but mm. you can jump on our website um, or flick us an email and we can get back to you with details. Okay. Neil, how long have you been working with the Neonatal Trust? Uh, over three years now. Um, mm-hmm. Work part-time, but um, sometimes, sometimes it feels like 10 years, sometimes it feels like 12 months. I work alongside Neil at the Biz Dojo, where we're both fortunate to have sponsored desks, and he doesn't look like he works part-time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it that drives you and, um, and motivates you in this role? Um, always been pretty community-minded. Um, I guess the, the wider family have impressed upon um, us to help other people. Uh, been lucky enough to lead a pretty good life and acknowledge that we in many respects, have a privileged life with different choices to other people. So I'm uh, really privileged to work in a role that enables me to give back to the community. Mm. What gives you joy from the job each day? We get our job right. We save lives and help people um, in, a, in a pretty material way. So um, very few jobs have that sort of aspect of satisfaction to them. Mm. And um, just knowing you're making a difference. And, you know, with the research again we can make a fundamental difference that will help thousands of families into the future. And is a lot of the um, the funding for that research coming from organisations like yours, would it happen without you? Um, it would happen without us um, in some respects. We're one of many funders that fund this research. So you've mm-hmm. got um, government grants that can fund it. You've got private institutions. You've got the Neonatal Trust and other organisations that fund it. Um, but I guess what drives us is we want these world-leading researchers to be focused on enhancing the care of pretty fragile lives Mm. rather than spending their time filling out grant forms. And um, I remember doing an article with Pat from the 1% Collective and we had Dr Max Berry interviewed and one of the quotes was she's up till 2 or 3 in the morning filling out grant forms for Mm. funding with an 8% strike rate. And that just doesn't make Uh, sense. You've got a world-leading clinician and researcher filling out paperwork rather than focusing on what she's good at. Mm. So the more that we can fund her, the more she can do her world-leading stuff. Yeah. I'd love to hear any special stories that you've got from your three years. Is there anything that comes to mind straight away? Um, don't really like to focus on individual stories. Um, I've been lucky enough to be close to some some journeys, and some of them have been quite tough, and that gives quite an insight into um, what these parents go through. To take one off our website and 
just talking in generic terms, this, the numbers might put it in context for, for the listeners. Um, wee Baby was born uh, 12 years ago at 23 weeks and 3 days gestation, so 16 weeks early. Uh, spent 132 days in hospital before going home for the very first time. Uh, nine blood transfusions. Um, you just think of the stress and anxiety that the, the family went through mm. and um, the outcome is now a, a wonderfully um, brilliant and bubbly um, girl who's running around doing <laughs> athletics and enjoying life. And um, that sums up what we're here to do. Mm. And um, given it a particular Wellington context, um, back when she was born 12 years ago, Wellington was the only neonatal unit that would have attempted to save her. And and that's almost Russian roulette because of the care model we talked about. Mm. If a unit is full, you can be helicoptered to a different unit. So, again, I'll harp on about research. That's why it's important to get funding into research and, and raise the bar and, and share the learnings and, and push the boundaries so we can help more babies in a more consistent way. And it really brings it home, doesn't it, when you have the image of a really healthy and happy 12-year-old girl who may not have survived if it weren't for all of the great research and all of the great services. Would not have survived. Absolutely would um, And um, unfortunately around the world um, at the moment, um, there'll be babies at that gestation that will not survive. Mm. And um, a lot of the research that we fund um, thankfully has international uh, collaborations going on with various universities and uh, neonatal units around the world as well. So the, the learnings are being shared. We're not just helping Kiwi babies, we're helping babies around the world. This may be a really uh, difficult one to answer, but do you think we've got the survival rates um, and the ongoing wellbeing rates as good as we can get them, or is there still a, a big gap to address? I'm not a, a small gap. Uh, I'm not a clinician. Mm. Um, there's various debates around how young is too young. Mm. Um, but watch the space for some information around the long-term consequences of prematurity. People draw a line in terms of they will end up with significant issues. Um, and while premature babies are overrepresented in, in certain categories, cerebral palsy and various other things, the gap's not that big. So um, I think we've got it about right. We can save these babies. They can go on and lead meaningful lives. Mm. And in fact, some of the research isn't just um, dealing with petri dishes and blood and those sorts of things. It's looking into the statistics that are available and mapping out how early a baby was born or what the circumstances were, and then how those babies perform at before school checks and during their um, academic and, and, and lifetime um, of being a child and, and the results are pretty good yeah. without going into details. This might also be going outside your scope, but how much do you think the child's development might be related to the consequences for the parent of going through that um, prematurity journey and the importance of the support for the parent and their wellbeing? It's probably more a generic question. I think all, um, all outcomes are to some degree or other um, related in terms of the parent's input or the parent's um, circumstances. Mm. Um, it would be great to see uh, a coordinated effort in terms of depression and um, support for those families because it will impact in terms of the focus and the care and attention that the baby gets. Um, we're actually working with Baby Sensory now who are a... Um, organisation who run play groups and, and various things for babies and toddlers, etc. Mm. 
it's medically based um, plays and activity that stimulate the right things to help develop the learning and development and, and sensory issues, etc. So um, to go back to your question, the parents can play a role in that and it doesn't need to be in a, in a formal class. So we're working on new support resources that can give parents the tools and tip, tips and ideas mm-hmm. on how they can help their baby themselves as well. If a family um, is going through the um, the experience of a premature baby, do they need to come and find you and the support services or will you find them just by virtue of the fact that they're in the care unit? Um, in Wellington, we're really lucky that we've got um, a shop slash office inside the neonatal unit and we've mm. got some part-time staff who work there. Um, so easy to find us, easy mm-hmm. for us to be able to support. Um, we've got the same situation in Auckland as well. We'd love to have it in the other neonatal units, and that's something mm. for us to aspire to. We can service those parent, parents remotely. We've got a suite of digital resources, downloadable PDFs, a website with helps, help sections and those sorts of things. Um, but it's not a consistent support package just yet. Yeah. And for the people around those families, besides going on a garden tour and um, (laughs) supporting you that way, how else can we support the family um, and support the organisations that support the families? And should we? Why should we? Um, I think you you support any parent. Um, It's tough enough having a baby that doesn't sleep or having your life change. So um, look to help out where you can. Go and do the lawns, help them put the garden out help them do the dishes, do the runaround chores for them. Um, Their lives are disrupted Mm. and um, those little bits of support are really meaningful. And we mentioned Bellyful before, Mm. a good example where the parents can get support. It can be a chore to cook a a nice hearty meal to have a a charity like Bellyful be able to support those people um, when they're doing it tough is is great. And that's what people, you know, the friends and family can do on their behalf as well. Mm. Um, people often kind of wait to be asked for help or told yep. what they can. Very do. Kiwi thing, you know. We're stubborn. We're, we're independent. Um, yeah, don't bash down their door because some people want privacy, um, but do ask them if they need any help and try and pick up on cues and subtle hints. Yeah. What is the best thing that we could do to support a family? Is it just asking the question of what they need? Yeah, just be there for them. Um, Try and understand what's right for an individual at a particular situation and and listen. Um, Just spend a bit of time, have a cup cup of tea and try and listen and pick up what are the things that you can do to help. Okay. And organisations like yours, how can we help the Neonatal Trust? Uh, You mentioned we could come along to our home tour. (laughs) Um, You can support the great people that support us. Um, We've got some wonderful sponsors, likes of Mojo Coffee and Hell Pizza and those sorts of organisations. So Mm -hmm. where we give a shout-out to people on social media, share, like, comment, Mm -hmm. support those that support us. Um, We, of course, do accept donations, and and we can stretch the dollar quite far in terms of the help that that will provide. Um, That can be done via our website. And... um, in general, just help us raise awareness. Great. And your website address is? www.neonataltrust.org.nz and add a slash donation if you wanted to um, give to the course. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Neil like it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you about the Neonatal Trust, the great work going on in Wellington around premature care and research um, and World Prematurity Day this weekend. Thank you. Thank you.